Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Ball and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Happy Halloween, Patrick. Happy welcome. Halloween to you too, Jeff. Yes, sir. We are recording on All Hallows' Eve in the bright daylight. <laughs> probably best. Yeah, probably best. Yeah, yeah. True story. True stories. Um, good morning again. Happy Halloween. How are you? Well, all right. It's Monday. Um, this is the end of October slash Rocktober. Yeah, um, sadly. Pretty fast. Too fast. Yeah. Too fast. Um, but you know, even though the month's over, don't mean you can't stop the scary movie trend. Still watch nope. horror movies. It's like breakfast; you can have it anytime. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, but uh, doing all right. Uh, Kyla didn't come this weekend. Okay. Uh, I had to do some things with her mom, so she's gonna come next weekend. Um, but this week's been pretty good. Another kind of relaxing week. Um, not nothing too crazy other than, you know, parking stuff. But other than that, nothing major, um, gaming, got back into Batman, Batman Arkham Asylum, about 25% through that, which is better than the first time I tried playing it. And I recently downloaded the Sims 4 since it's free now, which is, um, that was like the first PC game I ever played when family first got a computer. Back in the yeah. day, and um, playing it on my Steam Deck, which is w- different because the control scheme when building the house is kind of off. But mm-hmm. I, I thought about putting it on my computer, and then just kind of using the save data, you know, seeing if there if it would sync up, but it won't. So I'll just have to can't have the same. You know, it doesn't sync up to save data. So if I log in to each place, it doesn't mm-hmm. share. So uh, unless I create like a Google Drive and save it there and upload it that way. But, yeah. But um, at some point I'll get into that. Um, but other than that, pretty good. How things with you? Okay. Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, we had you know, Bruce's birthday gift uh, was Tuesday. So our trip to Clerks 3 with uh, Kevin Smith there doing Q&A and then our meet and greet after. So I'll talk about that and swell as a movie. Uh, but spoiler alert, we had an amazing time. So <laughs> and then, uh, then yeah, just a, just a normal week. And yesterday we went to a farmer's market out in Madison, which is a kind of northeastern suburb of Nashville. And went to the farmers. They had a Halloween themed farmers market this this weekend, so we went to that. And then we uh, we did that, and then we went to a trunk or treat that we've gone to same one every year, in which they had this one uh, this one uh, stop had two Finnick foxes. If you don't know what they are, they're foxes with ginormous ears, kind of like Yoda, except they're more straight up than they are to the side like Yoda's. But they are Yorick's like favorite animal. And the fact that these people had two of them, 
and York was so happy he got to pet it, and you got to get a really good picture with one. So that pretty much made his day. It was awesome. And then uh, after that, we then quickly got something to eat. And then we went to our friend Aaron and Sean's uh, neighborhood that was having like a community uh, trick-or-treat. And what's great about that, so Aaron used to watch Grayson when she was a baby. She that was our childcare for her. So now Aaron has a has a little girl named Emerson, and she's gonna turn one in a couple of weeks. And so this was her first Halloween, you know, to trick or treat and all that. Plus she's mobile too, and she has the most infectious laugh. It's kind of like <laughs> like that, and it's freaking hilarious. I absolutely love it. It is the best thing. I said, Aaron, you need to record that and have it as like a text tone or something. That's like, it would be amazing. I would love it. Anyway, so York and Grayson got to help take her around and do trick or training. So when we got home, I weighed Grayson's bag of candy. According to the scale, 6.6 pounds of candy. Yeah, for the whole day. So she, girlfriend made out. York's. York had his laid out and categorized on the floor, so can weigh his. But he's like, oh, yeah, Grayson got way more. <laughs> so, okay. But, yeah, no, they had a great time. And that's been pretty much our, our weekend. And then, oh, Friday, Friday they had their martial arts place, had a, had a, had a Halloween party. So they... York was because his full his anime costume hadn't fully completed. You know, he was still waiting on a shirt to come in the mail, which came Saturday. So he went ahead and wore his banana outfit. And so and Grayson was wearing her Dr. Jane Goodall uh, uh, and, you know, with the stuffed chimpanzee. So what they did was they entered in for the costume contest. Instead of doing individual, they entered in as a couple, you know, as a team. So it worked out great because it was Dr. Jane Goodall, her chimpanzee, and a banana. Perfect. So Grayson, even, yep, Grayson put her chimpanzee on the top of York's banana costume. So <laughs> they sadly did not win, but only because there were like two, like toddlers there, like two-year-olds dressed as like Iron Man and Spider-Man. So tough competition. Yeah. 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 So slight, slightly rigged due to age, <laughs> but no, they, but they still had, everybody had a blast. I've been getting quite a few compliments on my blockbuster Halloween costume. As basic as it is. I've, I've gotten more compliments and more people say stuff about that than I have any. I don't think, I think any other costume I've had. Blockbuster is a big deal. It is. And only by adults and only adults. Because kids don't know what the hell I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Imagine checking out a library book, but you have to pay for it. And instead of a book, it's a movie. <laughs> still categorized. And uh, there are still late fees. Exactly. So They don't understand. That and then you're behind and rewind. Right. Yep. And also, and much like a library, the new releases are never in stock. <laughs> popular yeah yeah they haven't so but it was great uh we all had good everybody had a good time 
and Ruth really decked out the car. They did kind of a mini trunk retreat, kind of last minute uh, for the martial arts party. And so Ruth got her trunk all dressed out and uh, looking like a snake. It was pretty cool. Kudos to her and her quick creativity. Come up with something. And then definitely and then beautifully executed. So kudos to her. But yeah, uh, just and so tonight York's gonna go trick or treating with one of his one of his friends, and his mom's gonna take him, and then we're going somewhere with Grayson. Not sure where. So they were trying to work out something with one of her friends. Guess we'll see. All right, uh, trailers. Let's get into that real quick. So this week, only one movie trailer. And that is uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, colon, Quantumania. Quantumania! Sorry, I'm picturing a Death Leopard's Pyromania, except instead it's Quantumania. It also sounds like a wrestling, like a kind of, instead of WrestleMania, it's Quantumania. They'll have this one in the, yeah, they'll have this one in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> Pay-per-view in the spring. Uh, Scott Wayne and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Jana Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Directed by Peyton Reed, who directed the last Ant-Man movie. Or the last two. Sorry, this is the third one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Daniel. Yeah. Uh, So Paul Rudd reprises role as Scott Lang, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror, Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang, Michelle Pfeiffer as Jana Van Dyne, Bill Murray as Krylar, Michael Douglas as Dr. Hank Pym, Randall Park as Jimmy Wu, a.k.a. the other Wong, Mm, as in the other person that shows up and everything. Had to clarify that because I'm Almost sounded racist, and that's not what I was trying to intend. But, yeah, basically, he shows up and everything. Uh, oh, it says here that Corey Stoll is rumored to reprise his role as Darren Cross. Boy, I bet King turns into it or something like that. Or if it's a time thing, maybe. Who knows? Then William Jackson Harper also stars. Dun, dun, dun. So, coming out, looks like February 17th. Uh, believe it or not, only like three, only like three months away. Four, right. Three, almost four months away. Or, sorry, four, almost three week. months. Crazy business. Yep. But the trailer looks amazing. I'm already excited. So. And I told you I saw another trailer that leaked on TikTok that's similar but a little darker. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. So I'm curious. What's I'm curious if it was cut to look darker or if it was actually or if it's actually darker and this one's just trying to Yeah. Those. Yeah, we'll find out. Only time will tell. Nope. Yeah. On, on that one. But <laughs> But yeah, uh I've managed to dodge the second Black Panther trailer. As well as every TV spot. Missed them all. 
I've watched the one, and that's all I plan on watching. Yeah. I forgot which I think they showed it during. Oh, they showed the old one. But there was one movie I watched, and they showed the new one. And I was like, I tried to close my eyes. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I can hear it, so I'll just I'll just watch it. <laughs> I'm kind of stuck. It's it's a different. I mean, it's a different tone. Like the first one is more emotion to it. This is more like an actual trailer. Still doesn't give yeah. anything away. So that's not, good. So which is good. You know, it doesn't really give a lot of context. So, but if you're able to avoid it, definitely because it's like two weeks yeah. away, and I'm yeah. going that Thursday. I was I was thinking like, do I want to? No, go, go get you know get together with some folks and go. I'm like, nope. When I get off work Thursday, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going. Like I did the last when the first Black Panther came out. I went after after work and enjoyed it. This time, get to watch it in 40x. There you go. So be sure to stretch and take some Tylenol. Yes. <laughs> uh, next up. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say maybe I should. Get that rope I'm talking about to <laughs> strap myself in the seat. Yep. Indeed. Uh, next up, we have the Santa Clauses coming to Disney+. Plus. Scott Calvin is about to turn 65 and realizing he can't be Santa forever, sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in life south of the pole. It's like it's going to be six episodes, and it's premiering two episode premieres November sixteenth, starring Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, Ashlyn Rowan as a security elf, Elizabeth Mitchell as Carol Calvin, Cal Penn as Simon Choksi, Austin Kane as Buddy, Elizabeth Allen Dick as Sandra, and Isabel ben- Bennett as Eddie. And some more kids. So that'll be coming soon. I probably will not be watching it because I was not a fan of Oh David Crumholtz I know reprises his role, so a lot of people are excited for that. I that movie wasn't really for me. I watched it, I was like, Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's even when I was younger, I was like, Yeah. It's not not for me, but uh, yeah, I didn't watch the second one or any other ones that followed. I don't even know how many there are. I think three. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next up, something that is very much for me that I'm very excited about is season three of Jack Ryan with John Krasinski, not Randall Park. <laughs> John Krasinski as Jack Ryan. Wendell Pierce reprises his role as James Greer. John Hugenecker as Mattis and Michael Kelly as Mike November. Abby Cornish as Kathy Moeller. And uh, Numi Rapace as Harriet Bauman. So it already looks like it's off to a great start. I just... I love the Jack Ryan trailers because they never tell you what what the season's actually about. It's like, hey, look, they're going on another mission. Oh, look, and there's explosions and you're running. <laughs> it's like, do. that's all I need to know. That's like a Mission Impossible trailer. That's all I need to know. Yep. Here's your mission. Go run. And uh, exactly. 
go run, go run, and there's some explosions. Okay. Yeah. Well, I need. Thank you. I'm in. I can't wait. Better. And it's coming. And it's coming quickly. Quickly. So it's even better. So very, very excited about that. And that's all we have for trailers. It's kind of a kind of a dry week for trailers, which is fine. The you know the ones we got were pretty good, so we'll go we'll roll with that. So let us get into a future presentation we did not think we would ever see. I certainly didn't. Me either. I, I tell you, like every at least once a week, I'm checking to see if it's something because I knew it was coming to Prime. I knew that, and I just kept checking, like, maybe it'll pop up online somewhere, and, like, I never found it. <laughs> so, then I just happened to, you know how, I think I just happened upon an ad, and I was like, oh, yeah. snap, <laughs> finally. Like, that's what I sent you, said, finally. I know. I was like, I go, wait, this seems doctored. <laughs> this can't be real. Yeah. Because you would think, because you would think after two years, <laughs> of it being, I guess, being put on the shelf or whatever, they would release a trailer. <laughs> right, I couldn't even find a kind of, trailer. And it was like a the only trailer I found was somebody where it was that I guess one rare one yeah. in the theater, and I was like, man, all right. You had a Blair like, Witch a trailer. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, of course, the movie we're talking about is Run, Sweetheart, Run. You've heard us talk about this movie on the show a couple of times, and the fact that uh, you know one in particular when we were trying to go down a rabbit hole and figure out what happened to this movie and why it never came out, or did it come out and we never knew about it. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here are the answer. Through a Halloween miracle, <laughs> it has arrived to Amazon Prime. Uh, run, sweetheart, run which it shows on IMDb as released in 2020, which that is probably when it was supposed to be released, but here we are two years later. About May of that year, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there was some theaters that reopened and then they shut back down. So it's like, yeah, can't do that. And Amazon said, hey, take that. We'll take it. We'll we'll get around to adding that on there. So run, sweetheart, run. Is rated R, one hour, 44 minutes. After what seems to be an, ex- an innocent date, Cherie now uh, faces a night of terror when her date haunts her, hunts her down, well, also haunts her, hunts her down and tries to kill her. She now must run for her life throughout the city and escape his grasp. Starring Ella Bowinska as Cherie, Pilu Esbiak as Ethan. He's Danish. I, had, I ended up looking that up and going, reading his whole biography. It's very interesting. He was in Overlord. He was one of the captains in that one. He's been some other stuff as well. He's just got a recognizable face, I guess is a good way to put it. Uh, Clark Gregg plays James R. Fuller. Shereya Agadushlu plays first lady. Plays first lady, not the first lady. Plays first lady. Deo Ekaniji play, plays Trey. And yeah, so after 
we'll just say this after a two year wait in mystery. What are your thoughts on this movie? First, I was nervous. So I thought like I want it to be good. I just want to like it. So for going to it overall, I thought it was okay. I liked it. It just yeah. felt kind of let down by the third act. Other than that, everything was campiness in it. You know, some dumb mistakes made as most characters do in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I was entertained by it. Most part. So, and some very high, highly unrealistic <laughs> situations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it does pull some like things, but it kind of, it definitely takes its liberties, but yes. in the world that this movie is set in, it makes sense. We'll put it that way. So, it, yeah, in that world, it makes sense. In a normal world, you're like, that wouldn't really happen. This is ridiculous. Then but you kind of see this character, character is, and it's like, okay, I kind of. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So the movie, I, I'm one, I think it's safe to say that this movie starts out as one thing, and quickly runs <laughs> takes a le- takes a hard left and becomes something else. Yeah, I mean especially the third act, I was like yeah. It became a different movie where like yeah. everything that led up to this point, I don't know this is where it should go, but there were some reshoots that happened earlier this year, so maybe that's this this is these these were the reshoots maybe. So now could be. I want to see the original cut. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Basically, what happens is is Cherie is a what paralegal, I think, because uh, yeah. she's still trying to finish her degree. Mm-hmm. She's pre-law, so she's paralegal helping out. The lawyer she's work she works for, played by G, uh, Clark Gregg. It, he, uh, it's his anniversary, so he says, and he has a client meeting that night. So he's basically asked her to take it so he could spend time with his wife on their anniversary right she she's like this could be a chance to help my career so sure you know it's the worst that could happen more or less and then so she goes she meets the client and they end up having a really good time and then their business meeting turns into more of a date because they go like roller skating and stuff which is yeah so it's like odd "Hmm." roller skating at a place where there's no kids and i'm like Where's this place at? <laughs> Doesn't exist. Yeah. Except this world. But it's okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it was great. And then he invites her back over to his house. And she's like, well, I got to get home. She has a child. Uh, and if, well, we'll say an infant. Not quite a toddler. So not a newborn. So an infant. Uh, not walking yet. So definitely an infant. Standing at least. <laughs> yeah. Not walking. Uh but yeah, and so she had, had to get a sitter and everything, and so she's like, "Well, I can be a little bit late, whatever." And uh, the best when, one of my favorite things about this movie is that when it kind of zooms into the front door of them walking in, the door shuts, and then it slowly zooms, slowly zooms out. You don't see anything that's going on inside. All you do is hear it. And I thought that was pretty awesome because that's one of my favorite things is that I like I like scary things in the sense that you have to use your imagination and it, or it forces the audience to have to use their imagination. Like you don't have to see someone 
trying, you know, potentially either getting raped or killed. You could just hear the sounds through the door, then her running out in tears and her mask, you know, her makeup's running. Yeah. I thought that was perfect. And then the big giant run with the nut, what, one or two exclamation points. And then you're like, okay, so this is what this movie is. Because that helps set tone, too, by just kind of having that more of kind of like a stinger right on there. And then then the word run, and then it kind of stops. And then it just shows her, you know, moving. Yeah. And I like that. I thought that was cool. It's kind of, a, I mean, it seems like something like Tarantino might do. And that type of thing, like put some words up and then boom, and then go. But the action. <clears throat> so I actually liked that choice. And you know, it starts as a really good thriller. Like, oh my gosh, she's running. It's this is horrible. She doesn't have her phone because it's in it's in his house. So she can't call her sitter. Plus, she doesn't remember her sitter's number because <laughs> it's in her phone. And and hey, I mean, that's this generation. Nobody memorizes phone numbers anymore. I know. I, this is something that I called before. Mm-hmm. Like anything now. Right. Relying on the technology to yep. do the thinking for me. Yep. Which is, which is not good. She still have a black book as back. Yep. I may end up start doing <laughs> now that I think about it. Dun, dun, dun. But it was uh no, but I, I like I said, I like this movie. It's just and it had a like, it was creepy, that's for sure. It was creepy. The music fit perfect with it. Like it just it, no, no offense, but it ran well with it. And I thought the acting was very well done. Like, I was creeped out. The only th- problem I have is just the the reveal, we'll say. Not really a twist. It's more of a reveal of who this character really is yeah. that's chasing that's chasing her. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, I don't, it didn't, I didn't, I agree that the third act was didn't fit well with the rest of the movie, but I mean it worked. I mean, just yeah. could have been better. And that is the second time I've seen that uh, carousel used in either a movie or TV. So that's the, that's over on the Santa Monica Pier is where that was shot because we were at that carousel when we went to Santa Monica. Uh, back in March, because kids rode on the carousel and everything, and they've used that one for several different movies and TV shows. Yeah. I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> it's like, and so the pier that she's walking away from, Santa Monica Pier, and all that. So, pretty cool. Yeah. So, I kind of wanted to do the Wii thing where you point at the screen, like, "Oh, I know that. <laughs> I know where that's at." Yeah. But you know, it's it. It was a very entertaining movie. I was not disappointed in it. Uh, yeah, third act could have been a little different, but I wasn't. I was like, well, you had me up until here, and then you lost me. Yeah. I'd still, yeah, I still. It's kind of like, man, it could have been a little better, but overall, but still good. <laughs> for what it is, I'll just, I'm very pleased with it. I enjoyed it. It is, uh, it is definitely very well done, and it's definitely very creepy. So. But there's a lot. There is a lot. I've never seen. 
I've never seen a movie or TV show that addresses women using tampons more than this movie. Yeah, that scene when she finally found the bathroom to take care of that, and she's nope. hearing the sound. Nope. I'm like, hey, take care of that first, then figure out what that sound is, because yeah. we've been dealing with this for, for a minute. <laughs> yes. And um, then she just couldn't, like, every time she finally got cleaned up a little bit, something else uh-huh. happened to get her bloody again. Yep. Always. And Always. then what kind of tipped me off about him, he would get dirty. Next shot, he's clean. I'm like, okay, thumbs up with him. He's not just yep. some rich businessman that's a, that's a douche, narcissistic dude. Yes. He, something else going. And, um, you know, it makes sense for what it is, considering when she was in jail. And you see that she's clearly afraid of him, but the officer mm-hmm. lets him in anyway. So I'm like, yeah, I, I know who he, I know who this is. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know who this is. Um, but yeah, like that that scene in the jail cell that was pretty pretty creepy, and um, where he kind of revealed what his thing was, and you have all these missing women, don't know yep. what's going on, and um, yeah, I mean I, I I enjoyed it, and then I was watching some interviews with the cast after watching it, and like. Everything that we heard but didn't see, that was more of kind of like um, maybe like a budget thing also. But it was also, um, you know, like you said, sometimes see it, hearing it and not seeing it is good. Cause you can use your imagination as to what's going on. Because like as soon as he got back to the house and convinced her to stay, and he like I like the fourth wall breaking in this too. Mm-hmm. Like told the camera to stop, close the door. And like just like that, it's like I wanted to see what was in like I wanted to know. What happened? Did he just, you know, like his personality just changed? Because I mean, I can't relate, but I know women. They probably dealt with men like that. That, you know, one minute, one minute they're this good, sweet person, and then personality change, and they become the opposite, and it becomes a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. So, which this does touch on, and like when she was walking in the street, she's bloody. Nobody's really paying her any attention at all. Mm-hmm. He walks up to these women to use their phone and they're like, yeah, you know, we'll call for you. And then yeah. she may be drunk. I'm like, okay, but she's clearly beaten up. So yeah, she's why, why does that matter? Exactly. So it, it touched on that women experience when it comes to dealing with men dating. And then this business dinner became a date, which, you know, probably shouldn't have happened. Yeah. But, you know, Considering, I guess, when they show the baby daddy and he is and, you know, she's single, she thought maybe this would be something. Got kind of caught up in the moment, I guess. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, will happen sometimes. Yeah. Does happen. I was going to turn her to like a Jane Wick character at first when they (laughs) introduced the song. Oh, she's going to be Jane Wick. That would be hilarious. That's where I thought I was going to go, but it didn't. Now, if it doesn't end the third act, I'm like, all right. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Run Sweetheart Run on Amazon. Now finally available. Finally. And you can find that on Amazon Prime. We both were not disappointed, except third act could have been better. We both agree on that. But otherwise, we enjoyed it, and that shouldn't stop you from watching it. I'd rewatch it. Uh, I I would too, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Uh, I guess I'm up first today. I uh, released this past Friday on October 28th on Netflix. Was Wendell and Wild rated PG-13, one hour, 45 minutes. Two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wild, enlist the aid of 13-year-old Cat Elliot to summon them to the land of the living. Directed by Henry Selick, who also directed Nightmare, The Nightmare Before Christmas. This is also stop-motion animation as well. With the voice talents of Lyric Ross as Cat, Keegan-Michael Key as Wendell, Jordan Peele as Wild, Angela Bassett as Sister Helly, James Hong from well, Big Trouble in Little China, as well as Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, voices Father Bests, Sam Zalea, Voices Raul, uh, Tamara Smart, Voices Shaban, Seema Verdi as Sloan, and Ramona Young as Sweetie. Bing Rames, Voices Buffalo Belzer. Yes. So, seeing that it's PG-13... Kind of works because it's a little. <laughs> it could be like, I don't know how much, I'm curious to watch this with Grayson to see whether or not she will like it or whether or not it'll be like, this is kind of creepy. I don't really want to watch this. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like this is like a weird. It's going to be one of those movies that has like a weird demographic for who it's for. Because this. Everything kind of points to it's kind of for younger kids, but the theme and the themes and every, you know all the things that's going on are kind of a little bit for older. So like 11, 12-ish, like maybe York's age, like somewhere around there, and obviously older. But at the same time, the older you get, you're like, well, are they, you know, is that really going to be in their wheelhouse as something they're going to want to watch? So it's a very interesting kind of area where this, I think, will fall. So I'm curious to see, I'm curious to hear if anybody else that was younger kids watches this and enjoys it or sticks with it for longer than like 15 minutes. Um, there's some humor, but it's mostly kind of a straightforward drama. Like it's not like a Disney movie that where there's like a lot of singing, dancing, and there's jokes. There is some singing. There is a lot of music, but it's not like the characters are doing the singing. It's just music in the movie. And it's got a pretty pretty kicking soundtrack. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, I enjoyed it, but I like Nightmare Before Christmas. And I love watching stop motion animation because I'm always amazed at that this is like an art form that exists because it takes so long to make. Because movies that are stop motion take epically longer with a lot of patience um, but it is I, I mean again i enjoyed it but it basically uh so cat ends up cat loses her parents in a uh, in a car accident she's able to escape she's able to escape uh, out of the car because the car goes off a bridge but her mom's trying to save her dad who hit his head on the steering wheel whenever they went off the bridge, knocked him unconscious. 
and they uh so they weren't able to you know she wasn't able to free him they passed away so she passed around from foster you know orphanage home to orphanage home and then finally it's this back back in her hometown uh at this all-girls school but everything is dried up it's literally a ghost town yeah yeah and you know more literal sense but so there's this company that's planning on coming through and building a prison and all these kids that can't cut it at you know at, at these schools can just wind up being can leave the school and go straight to the prison so you know cheerful topics like that right and anyway so she goes there and then she ends up making she ends up making contact with these two demons that all they want to do is come to the living so they can build what they call a basically a fair so like a carnival and have people come there because their dad who's this demon you know head demon uh, has made his own, and when they try to offer up their suggestions, he put them in like servitude, like basically putting, basically putting hair plugs in his head. So they're shrink down small, and they're having to put this paste, this magic paste. Like one pops a hole, like seed, like planting seeds in the farm. It's yeah. basically, but it's on his head, and have a new hair spring up and everything. And so when they found out that the the paste stuff that they're using, this hair paste, is bringing things back from the dead, they decide to prom. You know, when they were there, they were able to somehow make this weird connection with with Cat. That hey, we could bring your parents back from the dead if you help summon us up there, because they could use the paste to bring them back. So basically, they do all that, and in doing so bringing back other people from the dead and then there's problems. So it's basically about trying to get, you know, trying to make, she feels guilty because she was going to eat it before the car went off the bridge. She was getting ready to take a bite of this candy apple. And when she took a bite or she took a bite and then saw like these demon worms, kind of like something out of Beetlejuice or whatever. Yeah. And she screamed, which then distracted her dad. And then they, Roads were slick and then, of course, went off the bridge. So she blames herself, killing her parents. So she does everything, you know, she agrees to release these demons so she can, so they can bring her parents back. You know, and then things go awry. So it's, but it's very well done. It is kind of dark. I'm not kind of dark. It is dark. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It's definitely perfect for Halloween. Uh, just kind of be, if you're going to watch it with kids, just be mindful, maybe watch the trailer, maybe have them watch the trailer to see if it would be suitable for them. But if you like the Nightmare Before Christmas and that kind of darker with, you know, stop motion monsters and all that, you'll like this. Plus, it's Key and Peele reuniting, essentially, uh, to voice Wendell and Wild. It does say that they... Uh, to prepare their voices for the roles of Window Wild, Key and Peele had to watch a lot of Abbott and Costello comedies. So that made me happy. And you could tell because their body types are very much similar to that of Abbott and Costello. 
and uh, Straight Man and Funny Man. So it's they did really well. But uh, Henry Selick used Charles Adams' cartoons, The Twilight Zone, Ray Harryhausen's Stop Motion Monsters, The Night on Bald Mountain, The Night of the Hunter, and Evasion of the Body Snatchers as inspirations for his movie for this movie. So. You could tell by the monsters alone just who they, you know, what the influences are. Uh, yeah, uh, the soundtrack is comprised of all black rock bands or black fronted leads of rock bands in tribute to Fishbone. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoyed it, so it's up to you. It's kind of, if this sounds like something that would interest you, definitely check it out. Good Halloween movie. So, there you go. Wendell and Wild. Definitely plan on checking it out. I kind of forgot about it. Like, I remember Yeah. brought up, but I just forgot what it was releasing to my watch list. <clears throat> there you go. So, um, my next entry is um, another movie that I was meaning to watch for the last year, but finally got got to it. Um, it's called Possessor, which is on Hulu. Uh, it originally came out October second, twenty twenty. Runtime of an hour and forty three minutes. Directed by Brandon Cronenberg, who's the son of David Cronenberg. Which when I but when I saw the director name, I kind of got concerned because I watched Crimes of the Future and I didn't really like that. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know how much he took after his dad. Right. Well, you've seen little influences there. But um, starring Andrea Riseborough, Christopher Abbott, Joseph Sutherland, uh, Tuppence Middleton, Sean Bean. I can imagine what happens to him. Yep. Take a wild guess. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, so this is about an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations by paying clients. So basically kind of like Avatar Matrix, they plug in and make these people their avatar and have them commit these crimes so they don't get their hands dirty. Yeah. Um, so... It, it, so they, they do it using radio frequencies to kind of get them kind of synced up with the body and they they study them, they follow them, stake them out and just kind of learn mannerisms, how they speak. So that way they can, if there's a relationship going on or people that are around, they can kind of come off as these people without bringing up any kind of, you know, red flags. So once the assassination is completed, they pretty much asked for an exit, and to complete the exit, they forced the the host to commit suicide. Oh wow! Then they're pulled out and back into their their body. Um, so first one, they had this woman, basically like um, basically they pick people based on how close they can get to the target. Whether okay. it's, you know, they're maybe they're a bartender or all girl or they just work for the company so first one um i mean i think she just like the 
the talent or the entertainment for mm-hmm. that person. So after she she's supposed to shoot him, but instead she stabs him to death. Then when it comes time for her to commit suicide, she can't pull the trigger, meaning the person that's taking it over is not able to force the person to do it. And ultimately ends up that person gets taken out by the officers that respond to the scene. Hmm. So she gets pulled out that way. So they do a debriefing where they have a few items on the table where she goes over you know, basically see if they, she remembers them, where she acquired them, you know, to kind of get her back to her right mind to make sure she's there and there's no issues. And uh, she's obviously had some issues with identif- identity or, you know, kind of identify with herself because she's going to see her strange husband and son and she's kind of going over how she's going to respond to things like if she sees her son, how she's going to respond to him. She's a husband. You know, she's got to kind of get into character. Which, you know, normal people, hey, if it's your husband and kid, it should be nothing. But because right. she's busy being other people do these these things, and, um, you know, she's kind of disconnected. And so the doctor that helps her with these debriefs and assessments is, like, concerned about it because, you know, she used to do it. She's thinking of stepping down, so she wants her to step into her place. But she's concerned. But um, her name is... Tazia Voss, uh, she's like, no, I can still do the work. You know, what's the next assignment? So she gets the next assignment where she's supposed to take out um, this businessman and his daughter. So she puts her consciousness inside one of the employees who happens to be dating and is engaged to the boss's daughter. So once he kind of commits, I mean, completes his assignment again, same problem. She can't force him to take himself out. And then he kind of, in a way, separates from her Mm -hmm. because he does some real blunt force to the head, which damages the chip they put in the head to kind of do the control. So he kind of goes crazy and he's trying to figure out what's going on with him, like what happened, why did he do what he did, did, but he starts kind of having her memories of her family and he's trying to seek her out to figure out what's going on and why this has happened. And yeah, it's just a bunch of madness. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's crazy because he like he there's even somebody to come to try to help her regain control of him so she can finish the the job completely, and that doesn't go right, <laughs> and it's just wild. Um, but one that I was waiting to watch that I didn't feel disappointed by. Um, it's kind of crazy how you can put your consciousness of someone else and have them at these crimes. So it keeps you mm-hmm. in the clear, but you know, they have to take the fall and don't even know what happened. Um, yeah, it was a crazy movie, especially how it ended. Wild. But, um, I think it's worth checking out. Okay. Cool beans. Well, that leaves. So I watched Corks 3 as part of his birthday gift, which we went to the Bell Court downtown or Midtown, I should say, down Midtown. So we almost didn't make that almost didn't happen. Because the VIP tickets I bought were apparently just an add on and not actually included a ticket. Yeah. So they weren't 
that, that was add on to the tickets if you had purchased it. Yes. Okay. So I did not know that. I just assumed with the considering how much the VIP experience as a they didn't call it a VIP add-on. They called it a VIP right. experience. Right. Which most people just means like it's just a different tier of ticket. <laughs> kind of like choosing where you sit to go to the theater. Standard or VIP. Mezzanine orchestra or balcony. Or balcony. Yeah. Or concert. Just you could buy the concert ticket or you could buy the concert ticket with, you know, meet and greet and all that. Anyways, nonetheless, not very well advertised. I was freaking out because, like, well, I got these VIP things, and I called the theater, and they're like, basically, SOL. Maybe you could try and get a refund because you had to have a ticket to get in. So then so I got really upset, and then I got an email from uh, from the, we'll just say, the, conven- the, inc- the uh, convenience tour uh, email saying, hey, if you got VIP tickets and you do not have a reminder, you know, you need to have it. You need to have your regular ticket in addition to your VIP ticket. This is show up at these times. If for some reason you do not have a ticket, reply to this email. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, so apparently this is happening a lot. So the the venue, Belcourt, sells the movie tickets the convenience tour is using eventbrite so a third party for the add-on instead of having it just be all at one right thing so i guess when you're touring theaters that's kind of how that would work i don't know i'm not going to try and figure it out anyways so i reached out and then jason muse's wife actually is the one that reached back to me i was like oh i recognize that name and basically, yeah, this what we've what we uh, have noticed during these events is that there tends to be we tend to have some no shows. So if you want, we could put you on a standby list and try to get you in that way. So okay. So Ruth said yes, definitely do that now. <laughs> so okay, did it immediately. And I said okay, just come to the door. I said cool. So we go. Yes. And Again, a uh, big shout out goes to York's mom, Bethany, who agreed to pick Grayson up for gymnastics for us and then bring her and York back to our house and then stay here with the two of them while we went. Because this thing didn't even start till 830 at night. Yeah. Late. My bed, our bedtime, usually. <laughs> so. So or in or, you know, just for me, the time I would normally go to the movies at night anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy, here we go. So big shout out to her. Thank you again, Beth. Um, Lifesaver. Very much appreciate it. Uh, so we're standing in line. So I went in and said, got our VIP tags and said, hey, uh, I got this email. And I showed them the email saying, so they put us in this line. where We got to wait inside instead of outside and around the corner like everybody else. And there are t- 14 or 15 of us. We were six and seven of those people. Uh, number six and seven of those people. They wound up only, they wound up being able to add 12 seats 
So we were six and seven of 12 that were able to get into the venue. I don't know what happened to the other three or so, but they let us in first to show us where we could sit. And then Ruth ended up having to sit in front of me. I sat behind her. It was still fine. We still had a great time. Um, But it was sold out. I mean, it was packed and it was awesome. Uh, Kevin Smith came out. You know, before the movie started, introduced it and everything. And then he watched it from behind the screen. So he says it's just great to watch it from back there and hear everybody's natural responses to jokes and things. And this, because of the cut we had was a digital cut. So they were able to add subtitles on there for, you know, for hard of hearing. So, uh, and audio scripters and everything. So that was cool. And it was something they hadn't been able to do yet on their tour. So just so happened that they were able to do it at Belcourt. So it was cool. And yeah, then we watched the movie. The movie was hilarious. So to get into the actual movie, Clerks 3, rated R, of course, one hour, 40 minutes. Uh, Dante, Elias, and Jay in Silent Bob are enlisted by Randall after a heart attack to make a movie about the convenience store that started it all. So this stars Brian O'Halloran as Dante, Jeff Anderson as Randall. Uh, Then, like, uh, a ton of cameos. I don't even want to get into all of them. Uh, But Jason Mewes as Jay, Kevin Smith, of course, Silent Bob. Trevor Fairman as Elias. And uh, Austin Zajur as Blockchain Coltrane, which I think is one of my new favorite character names of his. And uh, then followed by a slew of cameos and people in it. I don't want to ruin anything from that because that's something everyone should experience and just see on their own. Do not go to IMDb and see who all's in it. Just enjoy it as they pop up. The less you know, the better. Let's put it that way. So most people that have seen any Kevin Smith movie, I mean, this is obviously for a specific audience. This is for people that have seen the other Kevin Smith movies. These are definitely people that have seen the other two Clerks movies. So I hadn't seen, I haven't, I had not watched the second Clerks movie in extremely, probably since it came out. Um, it was good, just one of my favorites, so I haven't rewatched it. So I forgot a lot of the stuff that had occurred in it. This movie is pretty much a it's very person it's a very personal story for Kevin Smith. Because essentially it's every if most I will say I I'm gonna guess most people have known that Kevin Smith had a heart attack, I think, when he turned forty or something like that. It's been a few years. He had a heart attack. He has, you know, he was able to recover. You know, not that he didn't have a positive outlook to begin with, but a very great, you know, very grateful heart and all that to begin with. But even more, made even more so by after, you know, his heart attack. And then just changing the entire way that he lives and the way he eats and does everything, you know, takes care of his body. He's, drastic transformation 
But this movie is basically that. Basically, Jeff Anderson's character, Randall, has a heart attack. So it's about he has his realization that he wants to tell all these stories that because he has all these great stories of things that have occurred at, you know, the quick stop. So Dante, of course, they're both co-owners owners of the quick stop. So Dante shows that he had lost his wife and his daughter. So he's kind of a shell of a person. And the fact that he almost lost Randall too, he just kind of feels a responsibility, you know, to kind of want to take care of his best friend. But Randall being Randall, kind of a, still kind of a D-bag, still kind of a narcissist, you know, Randall going to Randall still, even after a heart attack, but he's writing all the stuff and he's making Dante be like the producer to try and get the money to make this movie. Yeah. While he does, while he writes a script and then, helps cast everything and they hold auditions and it's great because it's showing them more or less recreate scenes from the first clerks movie, which is great. The audition scene is one of the best uh, things that we'll say garnered a huge applause on a lot of things. Uh, also the end is another one that we were one of us. We were the second or third of 35, 35, showings that he had done so far on this tour that applauded towards the end, but for a specific scene, everyone else was kind of quiet. Um, but it's about this journey of two friends trying to make this movie along with a bunch of cameos of people from not only past Quirks movies, but also past Kevin Smith movies. It's, it's, it's a very, Believe it or not, for a Kevin Smith movie, it is a very touching and very kind of just heartwarming. The acting in this is amazing. Brian O'Halloran was awesome as Dante. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And it's definitely one of his best. And, of course, Jeff Anderson was great as Randall. I mean, it's it's just good to see characters that you grew up together with them and watching how they age and how you age and then you're kind of looking at like, wow, they're kind of going through a lot of things that we may be going through right. uh, as adults. And so it's interesting uh, process. But they did a Q&A after the movie, which was great. Uh, by they, I mean, Kevin Smith did a Q&A. And most of the questions were kind of about other projects, uh, not even about this movie per se, but... Uh, about other projects. He's got five lined up already. Uh, Moose Jaw, they're still planning on making, possibly making a Mallrats 2, a Tusk 2, possibly. Uh, and I forgot two more. So he's got a lot of stuff lined up, ready to go. It's just, and I'd already gotten like Lionsgate and a couple other, you know, distribute you know ready like hey we're ready for your next one type of thing so it uh yeah so i enjoyed it and it probably because i was also in a very packed theater i probably still would have enjoyed it watching it at home but it like most like most movie experiences like you could watch rocky horror at home and still enjoy it 
But if you're in a packed theater during a movie like that, it's so much more enjoyable. You are in the biggest theater. Yes, we were at the far end. Yeah, the far end one. So it no, it was great. And then, of course, uh, after after the movie, after the Q&A, you know, if you didn't have VIP tag, everybody left. They did sell merch. Uh, so if you do go to one of these in your city, they do sell merch during the or at the movies. Uh, they had they want you to have one thing signed. And then uh, after he went through this and I bet there was every bit of 90 of us uh, there for the VIP. So we all got, you know, one item signed. Ruth got one of her Funkos to go with her uh her J- Jason Muse one that we got at a Comic Con a few years back when he, uh, he was in town for one. And then we uh, got our picture, professional picture. They took like four or five. And, you know, basically they send you a Dropbox link. The only downfall is you have to scroll through all of them for both the 4.30 and the 8.30 or the 4 o'clock and 8.31. Yeah, so you have to go through quite a bit, but it's worth it. I mean, it's free, so not free. It's with the VIP package. It's included. Sorry. Um, just, yeah. Could have been done a little bit easier, but I see why they did it. So they just drop them on and then let you move on to the next city that they're going to have to do the same thing for. But no worries. I have a lot of pictures to scroll through at last city. Yes. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's, it's divided up per city. It's a okay. different Dropbox link for each city. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Oh my God, I'd still be scrolling. Having <laughs> in different folders, like hey. Yeah. 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 So it worked out though. It and it was an amazing time. Ruth had an uh, had an excellent time. So we were all both very excited. And the movie was great. That always helps. So if you like all the other Kevin Smith movies, you'll definitely like this one. There's a lot of nostalgia just from. And a lot of Easter eggs and inside jokes from the previous two Clerks movies that make its way in here, but not like it's overwhelming, you know? Not like Halloween Ends, where it's like, hey, we're going to put all these Easter eggs from past Halloween movies in here that you all will love, but not actually have a very solid story. (laughs) This one is very well done. Exactly. This one will actually pull at your heartstrings and get you teared up. I ain't going to lie. So didn't expect that. Exactly. No, it's it's very well done. Very, very much like this one. I like I think I I enjoyed this one more than the uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot, like his last one. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoyed it. It's still funny, but I think I like this. This has become one of my new favorites of his. Can I connect better with it? Yeah, probably because, you know, not getting younger. (laughs) So. And that's all I got. All right, my final entry is uh, "Pray for the Devil," not P R A Y, but P R E Y. Ooh. Um, released this past Friday. Runtime of an hour and thirty-three minutes. Directed by Daniel Stam. And it stars Jacqueline Byers, Colin Sullivan, um, Christ- Christian Navarro. <clears throat> Lisa Palfrey, Nicholas Ralph, Ben Cross, and Virginia Matson makes an appearance in this as well. Okay, cool. So this is about a nun 
as she prepares to perform an exorcism and comes face to face with a demonic force with mysterious ties to her past. So Jacqueline Byers plays sister Anne. When she was a kid, you know, her mom, for the most part, was a loving mother, but then she had a dark side that would hurt her and abuse her. Um, she never took it personal because she felt her mom was being possessed. And, mm-hmm. and it kind of continued off and on until her mother eventually passed away. I, what they really say was suicide. Gotcha. But um, she kind of looks at that as a calling. So um, recently the Catholic Church has reopened to start <clears throat> training priests in the rite of exorcism. But only men may learn and practice. Women are limited to roles as nurses. But Sister Anne, Rev the Rebel, <laughs> sneaks into classes and learns anyway. And she can't, she gets chastised by it by you know, she gets chastised for it. Yeah. But um she makes a connection with one of the patients, which if they're possessed, they have an area where they have their best patients in, special yeah. rooms. And so one of the patients named Natalie, she makes a connection with as far as helping her feel comfortable where she's at because she doesn't like her room, but they kind of get along. So Natalie's situation kind of escalates to where she's kind of that borderline possession where they're either they're not going to be able to help her or exercise this demon from her. In those cases, those patients are sent to the Vatican so they can kind of handle that. Um, so one of the last times she gets in trouble for sitting in Father Quinn's class, but Father Quinn feels like there's some kind of special connection she has. So she he agrees, like, hey, I can at least teach her stuff to protect herself because during an exorcism that Sister Ann was watching, they kind of get overwhelmed by the demons possessing Natalie, and she steps in mm-hmm. and helps things out. And, um, so Father Quinn allows her to continue to sit in the classes to at least help her because she noticed that it seems no take that back in the trailer got the old man in the in the in the room that kind of turns on her and they look at the footage from it and they determine like this is kind of a personal attack like whatever this demon demon is is specifically yeah attacking her which is why he includes her in his class which leads to the Natalie exorcism where she steps in and is kind of like that X factor that helps them conquer at least temporarily this demon. Um, so he kind of has a special connection with one of the other fathers, Father Dante, which is more kind of a professional thing, not romantic, which I was happy about that. Cause I thought it was going to turn into some kind of romantic thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so she wants to do more research on what's going on with Natalie. And so she finds her way into like a private access area with Mm -hmm. um, not so available content to look at old past um, uh, exorcisms. Like, and she, she finds out that a lot of these patients that are sent to the Vatican are surviving. And so she's like, why not? You know, kind of deal. And so he keeps digging and digging. She even steps out and helps Father Dante with his sister, who's having a possession issue, and actually performs an exorcism, doesn't actually go the way they think it goes. They think they beat it, but it's just a kind of a cloak and dagger type deal. Like just the demon retreats and then attacks later when no one's around. 
and finish its job. But um, for this being a PG thirteen horror movie, I thought it was pretty pretty good. It had some decent scares. Okay. It didn't rely on a lot of jump scares, even though they're there. But it kind of helped mm-hmm. the story along. Um, only an hour and 33 minutes, which is cool sweet spot time, but I kind of wish it was maybe another 15, 20 minutes, because okay. once it got to the end, everything just kind of kind of just, just kind of kind of felt rushed. Everything just fell into place. And, yeah. But it was still good. I just wish they could have you know, had some yeah. more content in there to where when we got to the end, it's like, all right. Um I didn't I mean it wasn't disappointing. I just wanted more. Yeah. So right. Feel so rushed at the end. Um yeah, it's Pretty decent. Now, I, I wasn't expecting to like it because 13 horrors usually don't turn out too well. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And then uh, Ben Cross is in this. He plays Cardinal Matthews. Mm-hmm. And they finished shooting. He passed away right at yeah. like a couple, a little bit after they finished this. So that's sad. That's sad, sad. Yes. Okay. Uh, getting into TV real quick. Uh, the Vow season two continues. Still learning some new things, and it's kind of gotten into. I like how they so they can't. They don't have any footage from the court scenes, but they have audio or at least transcripts. I'm assuming that they're probably just uh, doing the you know just reading the transcripts, but then they'll show like an animated version of what's happening in the courtroom, if that makes yeah. sense. And doing it that way to kind of give you an idea of what's going on during this case. And it's pretty interesting watching this and how they're how they're doing it. I'm really I'm enjoying it. I like it a lot. So uh season two of that is going along very well and still very interesting. And uh again, they'll have some new characters that were not in the first season of the documentary, so but they're they're I guess getting more and more people that were part of this Nexium cult and get some interviews there, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I also watched all six episodes on Netflix of Twenty Eight Days Haunted. Three teams spent twenty eight days in some of the most haunted locations in the United States for an experiment based on the theories of paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. So, I like this, I like this show. It's, I mean, it's like a parent, it's your, it's a paranormal ghost show, or spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's a paranormal show, or you know, kind of documentary style. It's not fictitious. This is well, kind of like Ghost Hunters or some of the others. This is like that, but this is instead of just going in there for like a day or whatever, or just for one night. These people. It's at three different locations. Uh, one in Connecticut, one in uh, Colorado, and one in South Carolina. And three different events, series of events have happened at or. A different series of events has happened at each location, so they're trying to find. And going into this, they do not know the history behind the location they are going into. Does that make sense? Yeah. The producers 
who are at a separate location who have their own little like talking head moments. They, exp- they, you know, reveal the history behind each location and what happened. But the paranormal investigators there that are at those locations do not have any idea what has happened. So that's kind of part of the part of the intrigue is that they are trying to figure out what it what's occurred. So they use their their tech and their abilities. If they have they're sensitive to spirits or psychic abilities. They utilize those, and they stay at those locations for 28 days to try and pierce the veil, as they put it, to the other side, and try and help the spirits with whatever they need to do to get over to to move to the other side. So it's interesting. There's some things I'm like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Several times I've said that in that show. I'm like. I said, you know, it's just it, it's you can't you shake your head a little bit, but just you just roll with it because you know it's it's just entertaining. I mean, it's not anything more than that, but it's fine. I watched all six and I was I was entertained. It is intriguing and uh, the methods they use are kind of interesting choices. But yeah. Um, 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, and then real quick, I watched, uh, started watching Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, also on Netflix, which is, um, it is very, <laughs> very, very interesting TV shows. Been getting some rave reviews. Yeah online uh basically bizarre nightmares unfold and eight tales of terror in a visually stunning spine tingling horror collection curated by guillermo del toro what i like about it is that he does kind of like this uh alfred hitchcock for on his show used to have these kind of kind of quirky kind of funny intros to the episode of what whatever the episode is going to be about and Guillermo kind of does that, not as humorous, but does like cool little intro things. And it kind of reminds me of that. But there are eight episodes. They're all about uh, 45 minutes-ish. And they are all really kind of out there. Let's put it this way. After each episode, I can only watch one, maybe two. And then I need like a palate cleanser or something a little more lighthearted because it's so dark and just so kind of disturbing, but very, again, very well done, very well directed, very well acted. I was just, yeah, very cool how they do all that. So it's very proud or very not proud, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's just, it's, it's not one I could just watch all of them at once. I need, I need a break. Because <laughs> they're they are very dark, yeah. But I I definitely recommend it. A perfect thing to come out right around Halloween. So if you haven't watched it and you like Guillermo's monsters and movies like that that he does, you will definitely enjoy this. And then I watched. I got caught up on Andor, and it's you know this, this episode was okay. 
the sixth one is still the best one. Still need to start that. <laughs> I'm still on my list. Um, but um, as far as TV, I got caught up on Abbott Elementary. Which they recently had their Halloween episode, which the whole, the whole series is just funny. Uh, they do tackle some of the issues faced in school systems. and But I like the chemistry of the cast, um, the humor. Like, I, I don't think I've ever laughed as much or the way that I have. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just some real genuine funny content. And then, of course, the way it's shot because of similar producers with The Office helps it out because, you, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. It's an amazing show. Um, it is. I really like the Halloween one because um, one of the students steals a bag of candy, which is meant to take place at the end. And then, of course, the kids go crazy because they're full of all that candy en- energy and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but it's just hilarious. Um, the principal, Ava, dresses up as Storm, which I thought was awesome mm-hmm. costume. I was like, Damn. Um, And um, when they came back to her because she was left to keep an eye on the kids, one of her yeah. white eye contacts was missing, hair was a little messy. Um, but Overall, I, like, I love the series. I'm glad I finally got it to is. watch through it and catch yeah. up on it. Um, also caught up on Atlanta, which the most recent episode is kind of a mockumentary on the mm-hmm. making of the Goofy movie. <laughs> where they create kind of like a fictional CEO that's a black man. That They're basically saying that Goofy movie is like the blackest movie Disney ever made. Which, as they put it, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it kind of is. Even though it might not have been the intent. It's it's pretty pretty spot on, um, but there are basically episodes called the goof who sat by the door, um, and you just have to watch it. I can't really okay, yeah, yeah, about it. but um, but it felt real. Like even though it's not like a legit situation, the way they present yeah. it, documentary style, it just felt like it's something that took place. Um, I have I'm still watching The Handmaid's Tale. I'm in season two, about four episodes in. Just those episodes are long, so it's going to take a while yes. to get through those. And they're in season yes. five now, so it'll be a while before I catch up on that. Um, then I've, I've watched completely the um, HBO series, I would say Rap-ish. Yeah. Um, and basically about a female rap duo from outside of Miami trying to make it in the music industry. Um, it's a good series. Um, created by Issa Rae. and so are they, follows. Huh? Are they are they on the come up? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it follows uh, Shauna Clark and Mia Knight. Shauna works at a hotel after having like a failed attempt at a rap career, but she does a lot of random online videos where she's wearing a mask and a wig, where she's doing a lot of conscious type rap, bringing awareness to things. Me, on the other hand, to bring in money, she's got basically OnlyFans. She's doing that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and like escorting sometimes. But one night where they're on, on live, they're just kind of, you know, just shooting the breeze and they're just spitting out rap, just random raps that they do together, just kind of, you know, ad libbing. And it catches fire on, on Instagram. So they use that and start creating songs. They have two hits and trying to make something of that. They have a manager who's also kind of a pimp. Right. And so she's doing double duty as that and managing them, but she's getting them a lot of, you know, uh, in a lot of places that they wouldn't be able to get on their own. 
And I mean, it's it's just a pretty good show. The, the rap performances are good. The chemistry between two leads, great. Yeah. So just for the hit. I'm ready for season two. There you go. Boom boom. That's that's all I've been watching this week, TV wise. I still got to catch up on The Walking Dead, which should be close to finishing. Mm-hmm. Final eight episodes, but um, I'll get back to that soon. There you go. Cool deal. Well, I think that wraps up our Halloween episode. Our episode on Halloween. Whatever. It works. <laughs> True. Well, hopefully everybody has a safe and happy Halloween. If you're taking kids out trick-or-treating, obviously be careful. Reflectors and lights and whatnots. Because not everybody remembers that it's Halloween and will think to slow down in neighborhoods. Lord knows they don't. Usually. And if you are an adult and you're going to go to a Halloween, celebrate Halloween somewhere, drink responsibly. Parents <laughs> yes. with kids, watch kids' candy. Parents that are celebrating at parties, watch. <laughs> exactly. And by watch your kids' candy, as in watch how much they eat before bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one of my favorite tweets is uh, was by this guy that says, "Listen, drugs are expensive. They're not giving away that shit for free. Much less putting it in your kids' candy. (laughs) Drugs cost money. They're not giving that stuff away for free. So maybe, possibly, maybe. Yeah, at least ninety percent true. The ten percent, they probably don't care. (laughs) Like, eh, it's expired. Yeah." Heard yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Just it'll just make them want more candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. I hope you have an amazing Halloween, and I hope our listeners also have an amazing Halloween. And I guess we'll see you in November. You know, next episode they'll be thawing out Mariah Carey already. Done. <laughs> He's doing rehearsals now. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, bless. All right, but until then, it continue to have enjoy the rest of your October, and we will talk to y'all on the flip side. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.